Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Michael Jackson's Thriller Album. Stories in the Room. This is Michael Jackson's Thriller Album, Stories in the Room. Join film composer Anthony Marinelli who programmed synthesizers for seven songs on Thriller. And A&R veteran film producer Stephen Ray, who assisted Quincy Jones and was in the studio every day with Quincy and Michael. Michael Jackson's Thriller in the Room. I'm Anthony Marinelli with my longtime close friend and co-host Stephen Ray, bringing you the real stories directly from the talented people in the room with us, during the making of Thriller, the greatest selling album of all time. We're fortunate to welcome and share stories with recording artist and one of the most prolific guitarists of our time, Paul Jackson Jr. He's performed with the biggest stars in music history, and he's known as the guitarist that can play anything. His memorable work on the Thriller album can be heard on the songs PYT, Beat It, and The Lady in My Life. In this segment, Paul describes a magical time where only the best songs made it on the album with a collaborative recording experience with inspired musicians and the industry's top engineers right next to you to capture it. Did you work with the Waters when you worked on the, the Jacksons? Because they were they go back before Thriller, too. Uh, I basically was just on the tracking dates. Uh, okay. I didn't. I wasn't there for any of the uh, background stuff. Okay, just curious. Just tracking and some overdubs. Right. Bobby Columbi, that's who Greg produced it with. Couldn't remember. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right, Bobby, yeah. And I remember, Paul, uh, what, what I was always so amazed, and, and, and Quincy was as well, when you were trying different things, you never, your energy was always so up and free, and we would laugh, and, but you never took long. You would try things, and then Quincy, you know, Quincy would say, oh, yeah, all right, yeah, and okay, what else you got? And, he, and you wouldn't take, it would be like seconds later, you were like, oh, yeah, let me, uh, how about this? Oh, oh, what about this? And and I remember once you leaving, you you left, you you know, your Cardish guy came and, and Quincy looked at me and he goes, that's a bad man there, man. That's a bad boy. Wow. And, and I was like, yeah, because it was so, because you were just, your energy, you would come in and you would just knock it out. And then you were gone. And you'd come back the next day for something <laughs> else. And it was like, oh my goodness. You know, we were always, you know, and it was just, you know, Anthony adding all that symphonic sound and, film all of that atmosphere and you just come in it was so it was such a joyous joyous you know time um a very anthony and i all, we use this word quite often magical time you know yeah and, you know and your contribution to that was so profound yeah and that was and it was a lot of fun you know it was i appreciate that 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 means a lot but you know part of <laughs> part of coming up with good parts i tell people all the time if you want a good guitar part write a good song <laughs> you know, because if <laughs> if there's nowhere to go, you know, if there's nowhere to go, it's like, okay, hey, I got yeah. I got the same chord for 32 bars. Go. Right. Okay, there's nowhere to go. <laughs> you know, there's yeah, nowhere to go. I did. So 
Well, they, they, I mean, Stephen, right. Stephen could speak to this more, but he, the, the same way they were, you were going through parts and trying things out. They were doing that with the songs too. Like Stephen could speak to that because he was there for the song selection, but it, he always says it was best song wins. So they were thinking of that, like what you said, like the songs were already weeded out. So by the time it got to the players and everything, they had gone, they knew which ones are the good songs because they, they didn't, how many songs did they go through Stephen? And not everything just fell onto the record, right? There were 30, there were 30 songs. Demoed. There were 30 for the, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like either demoed or ideas or sketches and, you know, you know, Rod Timberton always, when he came from the UK, he always came so prepared, you know, he had a pretty clear idea and then Quincy would expand upon that in terms of, you know, arrangements. And, and of course, you know, of course the great Jerry A and uh, with the horn parts and all that, but Rod would also sometimes, if it wasn't fully uh, uh, thought out, he would sing it like Michael would to you, Anthony. And like he did to you, Paul, he would, he would sing the part, you know? So uh, it was always, this, it was this great balance of uh, let's see what we can do. Let's, let's, Let's let's try this. Let's try that. And to your point, Paul, the how it was so open and free, but but you have to be inspired by a source. And if the source is great, to your point, if the song is great, then your inspiration to create something on top of that, oh, and in addition to that, uh, you, you you're inspired. You know, and uh, you know you were inspired. We you know Anthony was inspired. You know. Yeah, we're yeah absolutely. And that I would that would inspire something else. You know. Yep. Quincy would get an idea. Anthony would play something and Quincy would get an idea. You play something, Paul and Michael and Quincy would go, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, how, oh yeah. And it would just springboard from one thing to the, to the next. And, uh, you know, that type of experience in terms of recording um, doesn't happen as much uh, these days as Anthony and I always talk about because everything's done. Everybody does a track and then it's just, it goes from there as opposed to creating the song first, you know? Right. Yeah, interesting you say that be because uh, we were working actually on the Bad record and the guitar part I played on Dirty Diana was actually uh, conceived by Jerry Hay. Huh, there you go. Uh, we, yeah, we, I think we were in Studio D actually on, uh, on, um, on Santa Monica. And um, he said... Paul, I have this idea for a guitar part. Let me see if it'll work. And I think the the song was in do 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 do. I think the song was in let's see D flat D flat. Song was in F minor. But he wanted me to tune my guitar down to C sharp so I could play the certain lick, and it worked. It worked fine. But he had come up. He had come up the the. I can't play it right now. I can't think of the lick. I can't think of the lick, but he actually had written it out and said, Hey, I want you to play this lick. And it, and that was a lick that made it on the record. Yeah. And you're just open to doing that. I mean, you know, that there's all these, it's yeah. real, that's really collaborative though. That's truly a collaboration. Yeah. You know, do you notice a difference in how songs were written back then and how they were produced compared to now, how you write a song? Cause sometimes now you get a track and then somebody says, write a song over it. Whereas I thought most of the time before it was the opposite, but how, how do you find that to be? You know, I, I, I I'm unfortunately a geezer. I, I tell my students all the time, I, I, this is a geezer reference, but to me, writing a song is starting with nothing and ending up with a piece of music, 
not, okay, here's a beat and I need you to do something to this. Or, you know, to me, actually writing a song, you know, because the chords of a song will dictate how the song goes. Sometimes the, the actual beat, you know, if you just... Sometimes that will dictate where it goes lyrically. Uh, sometimes there's a guitar part. In fact, interesting, you, you know, so if you had a guitar part like, um, uh, like, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, like Good Times. Well, that that's an, that's an integral part of the song. Mm-hmm. It's not just a guitar part. And so my, my, my feeling is still somewhat old school where it's like, okay, you know, writing a song is starting with nothing and ending up with a piece of music. To me, that's writing a song. Be that, okay, you come up with the chords and I come up with the lyrics and you come up with the melody and you come up with interesting story. Um, Holland Dozier Holland. I talked to uh, Lamont Dozier once and I asked him, well, what part of the songs did you come up with? It's like, well, sometimes it'd be the hook. Sometimes it'd be the verse. Sometimes it'd be whatever. But, you know, a, uh, you know, hook being the chorus for those of you that don't know that are watching the interview, um, the part that you can really, you know, memorize and sing along. So the thing about it is without a great hook, you don't have a great song. And so when we argue, well, you know, he just came up with the hook. The hook's only eight bars. Mm. But if that's the thing that people remember and that's the thing that made it a hit song, you can't really put a price on that. So, you know, sometimes you're going to write more lyrics than the next guy. Sometimes you'll write more melody than the next guy. Sometimes you'll come up with this or that, you know, but if it's kind of like if you, if you, um, if you cook the chicken, okay, I got the right temperature. I got the right oven. I've got the right pan. Mm -hmm. I've got everything and I'm getting ready to stick it in the oven. And somebody says, did you season it? What's that? (laughs) You know, a shake of this and a (laughs) shake of that. Now you can bake it. Now you can cook it. And you say, well, gee, they didn't put much effort into it. <clears throat> yes, but the effort that they put in made the difference between a horrible meal and a great one. Well, flavor. And so that's how <laughs> flavor. Bam. Bam. There it is. So so that's my right. that's my feeling about songwriting is that you start with nothing and different you'll have a different amount of involvement than this guy, this guy, this guy, but you end up with a piece of music and um and uh yeah, so I'm, I'm somewhat old school when it comes to that. Join us for the next episode of Michael Jackson's Thriller album, Stories in the Room, with your hosts, Anthony Marinelli and Stephen Ray. Watch our extended interviews on youtube.com forward slash at stories in the room. Audio only interviews are available on all podcast networks. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Stories in the Room. For the latest news and links, visit the website, storiesintheroom.com. This podcast is produced by Christian D. Brune and David Wolf, recorded by Autovita Studios. Additional recording by Ben Rackless. Edited by Jay Spang and Sean Hedinger. Music by Anthony Marinelli and Stephen Ray. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. 
Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.